What happens when you say yes when you probably should have said no? Do you ever wish life had an undo button? Walking the balance between business and the creative life can be hard. But Matt and Shelby are here to attempt to answer the tough questions, so you don't need an undo. Presented by Made by Things, this is The Command Z Show. And we're back. Shelby, how you doing? Pretty good. It's a new year. We're starting off strong. It is. It is. It is. Um, do you still have your New Year's resolution? Is it still holding up? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, I've been I've been really good about writing every day. So I'm very proud of myself. I've been oh, very nice. Doing a good job. So. Is that that's the that's the resolution you have? You want to write every day? That's that's a big one. I want to write every single day. Just something, anything. And sometimes yep. that's just like taking out the notes app and jotting something down. But yep. I've been doing a lot better. So Do you do you prefer digital or uh, analog? It depends, honestly. Um like obviously I just got back from Los Angeles for the week and I brought my little journal with, wrote down every day kind of what was happening. Um, sometimes it's like two in the morning thoughts, but you know, mm-hmm. gotta, gotta write something. But, yes. Yeah. Um, that's great. That, that's how similar to how mine started. Um, I mean, at this point it's been every day since probably middle of, I want to say 2017. That's, that's awesome. It's uh, when you say that, I'm like, man, I wish I could write every day. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't think about it like that at all. Like I, it's just it's such a habit at this point mm-hmm. where it's it's something that like you feel like you need to do. Yeah. Um, or it, I don't know. It, it's something that like it just it brings me fulfillment to like write in something. So like anytime I'm, like I'm like confused about something or whatever, I'm like, all right, I need to write this thing out or draw it out or do something. Well, but. In in the past, I've always considered like, okay, you know, if I'm driving or something, it's like I'm thinking about story. That's, that's still writing because it's like you're still thinking about story. It's still in your mind. Right. It's like trying to be um, more disciplined of actually writing those mm-hmm. those thoughts down and making sure that it's all all documented is a big thing. Right. It's really fun also. I mean, in your case, it seems like you're talking about like writing stories. In mine, it's, it's a lot of just writing from my head. And like, oh, yeah. sometimes it could be. Sometimes it's like ideas and whatever, but... Um, for me, it's like just whatever's in my head, I need to get it out so I can stop thinking about it. And that's the only way it stops. And, uh, I don't know. It's, it's like my personal assistant and like second brain kind of thing. Um, some, someday I, we're going to dive into the journals of Matt on here. We're just going to go through. Yeah, that <laughs> <laughs> those will never open up to anybody. No, um, but I, that's what I was going to say, though, is like it's what's re- it's really fun to like dive really far back. Just open up an old book and be like, wow, I was going through some shit right here. Where was I at this point? Yeah. And and yeah, just to like just figure it out. It's like, oh, my God, like if I knew like I was having a problem then, like I it's so clear now, like what you had to do. You dumb kid. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's not what we're talking about today. No, no. That's a whole uh, other. A, it's a whole other episode. Yeah. yeah. We'll just cut that up. There it is. We yeah. have two episodes out of this. No. <laughs> um, uh, I hear you have a question, Shelby. Yes. We have kind of more of a broad topic today. Um, okay. Not exactly a, a specific question, but the topic of the day is saying yes when you probably should have said no. I like it. And this is speaking to projects. Speaking kind of to projects, speaking specifically to clients here. with whatever work you took on and for whatever reason that you probably shouldn't have taken on. Uh, that That's a, a great question and a great topic that probably needs to be talked about more in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and be allowed <clears throat> to talk about as well, not have such yeah. a, such a, a nasty connotation of you know, oh, well, you know, you should just be grateful for the work that you receive. Right. right. I, I think the first thing is it's always hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's often tough to see when you should have said no to something that you did say yes to. I, I guess what I will say first is that 
there are very, very few, if any, moments where I said no to something that I wish I would have said yes. Mm. I'll say that to begin with. Um, there, there are a few out there. Um, but those are just little mistakes that you just kind of learn from in the, the future, I suppose. Um, now, I think uh, I think a big part of this is understanding who we are as as creatives, and I think you kind of said it there, where we should just be grateful for everything that comes our way because we get to do something that we love to do every day, right? That's be grateful that's you're not the, a starving artist, right? And that's that's what the world tells us, and we 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 buy into that, right? Um. I think there's there's that element to it. There's also this element of, you know, I think that your upbringing and your your family, I think, plays a role in this as well, right? Um, I don't want to offend anybody here, but like, you know, when, when you come from a family that doesn't have very much, you say yes a lot more whenever opportunities come across. Yeah. Whereas when you come from a family that, you know, maybe it was a bit wealthier and you know, had a little bit more ability to do things. Um, saying no is you know, much easier because you don't have to take this thing on. You don't have to do that. Um, and and that that's a thing right there that we could probably talk about for a bit. But it's, this is, you know, one of the privileges in life for people that are wealthier, right? Is that you have this ability to say no and it helps you make a lot more money <laughs> in the end, right? Like when you can say no more, it just works, right? So that's what, you know, there's this parity between social classes and that's probably one of the biggest things. That's why the rich keep getting richer and the poor generally get poorer. So again, that's a whole other <laughs> topic right there. Um, for me, you know, I'm not going to say that I came from a poor family, uh, but I will say that when opportunities come, we take them. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, going into starting a business, I mean, first being freelance, then starting a, a business out of this, um, that scarcity mindset is really, really, really difficult to shake. Yeah. Um, you know, people will say like, oh, you have to have this growth mindset. I'm like, yeah, that's great. I love that. But you can't just flip a switch and then that's what happens. Mm -hmm. Cause, and that's why I bring up like your family history plays a huge role in this, yeah. you know, that you were taught something before you're even a year old, um, that, you know, you say yes to opportunities. <laughs> right. Um, and you, you know, I don't know, don't take anything for granted. Right. Um, and I don't know. So it, it's a really hard thing to be able to shake like you you know the answer but even when you're in these situations you can't just be like no <laughs> because you're like oh okay like things have been like a little bit slow maybe mm -hmm. or maybe this project is has a higher dollar amount to it or I don't, there's a lot of reasons to take on projects um and I think that this is only something that comes with experience. I don't think that it's something that you can read in a book. I don't think it's a podcast that you listen to necessarily. Right. <laughs> um, but so I guess my hope with answering this topic or question would be just understanding. Like there, I, I will say right now, there is no right or wrong answer to this mm -hmm. kind of topic. I think it is just kind of understanding where you are at that moment and trying to come up with techniques or strategies that work for you specifically so getting a little bit more into that strategy side of things um yes i mean we have become a, a pretty successful motion design company over the last three to four years in my eyes anyway and i feel like we still say yes way too much um i can say confidently that the more we say no the happier we are, the yeah. better the work becomes, um, the larger the team has grown. It's, mm -hmm. it's a weird thing. There is no, there is no direct correlation. You would think so. There is no direct correlation between saying yes all the time and 
success. Yeah. It's just, it doesn't exist. You, you would think so, but it, it doesn't work that way. Um, so for, for me, it's always been trying to understand more about like, when do we say yes? When do we say no? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say that the thing that we have in place to help us with the, those decisions, because again, it, it's, it's always going to happen, um, is we have a list of red flags. And when opportunities arise, I try to go down this list. And it's it's not a matter of do they have a red flag. It's how many red flags do they have? Because mm-hmm. everyone has at least one red flag. And um, yeah, it could be things like the budget is barely anything. Yep. It could be, hey, they're communicating on a weird level that I'm not sure we're going to be able to work with. Mm-hmm. It could be, um, yeah, I'm trying to think about things from my past year. I mean, one thing was somebody calling about getting some work done and it turned into like them telling me about their recent divorce and like just a lot of stuff like personally with them like this is the first time i'm talking to you like i can tell that this is a red flag (laughs) um on that specific one i did end up saying no to that one um but it's it's such a hard thing to be able to determine what is your threshold for too many red flags Mm -hmm. so our list is probably 20 thing like 20 items long And again, I try to put everything in a formula because I want things to answer themselves rather than me have to make an emotional decision based on things. So this is a case where I've tried to do that where I'm like, okay, three red flags and they're out. But there's times now where somebody comes forward and I'm like, oh, geez, like, yeah, they have five red flags, but, but, but we're not super busy right now or this project is, you know, has a bit of a budget to it. Um, You start to find the reasons why you should take things on. Well, there's pros and cons. There's, there's red flags and there's green flags. That's true. That's a good point. And maybe that's what we need is a list of green flags because we don't have that. (laughs) We need, we need green flags, Matt. Well, that's, that's a good point. It is, it is focusing much more on the negative side of things. And I think that, um, there's so much that goes into making a decision to say yes to a project or an opportunity. Mm Um, honestly, I default to yes. So it's like, you have to convince me no. Like, why shouldn't I take this on? So maybe that's why we only have red flags. Because I'm like, to me, it's the the day that somebody, you know, contacts us. I'm like, okay, yes. Like, we are going to take this on. So I need them to convince me why we shouldn't at this point. And again, I'm not saying that like, I don't, there, again, there's so much that goes into the decision. So it's like, <clears throat> if we are really busy at a moment, it's easier to say no. Yeah. Obviously. Cuz it's like, oh, we're 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 busy, we're fine. We don't need this. And again, that's when you can start speaking from more of a growth mindset is mm-hmm. when you can say like, oh, don't need this. It's not going to be beneficial to us in as many ways as the other projects that we're doing does. Mm-hmm. So, in my mind I'm always like, okay, does it make sense to you know, you know, we we have a team of 10 right now. Does it make sense or a full-time team of 10. So I'm like, do we, does it make sense to add another project to the, to this mix of projects that we're already doing? Yes. Everyone's going to feel a little bit busier. Um, but if that's the case, is there a reward for this project? And mm-hmm. I will 100% say that the reward isn't always financial. Like there are a lot of different kinds of rewards to get yeah. from a project. And I think it's important to understand what those are. Um, but like, I I can say confidently, like there's times where we say yes to projects. I'll never say yes to a project that will lose us money. Mm -hmm. I just, that doesn't make any sense at all. Just, that's not a business. If, if that's what I want to do, then we should just be making paintings or something and just being happy with that. Right. So I'll say that right now. Like 
if something's going to lose this money, I, it's an, an automatic no. Yeah. Um, now, there's things where it's like, okay, I think this is a break-even kind of thing. We'll say yes to break-even things. Mm-hmm. Um, because sometimes there is a greater opportunity to take that thing on. Mm-hmm. Now, that opportunity will never come directly from the mouth of the client. If they say, yeah, but there's plenty of opportunity in the future. Nope. That's not good enough. I need to be able to clearly see what it is. That's actually a red flag <laughs> whenever someone says that there's opportunity there. So if if I see greater opportunity and it's not in, well, this could lead to some stuff in the future, maybe. Like, I need to see specifically, like, oh, okay. Like, I see that there is something kind of developing and that if we do this thing, yes, there might be an opportunity for this. Um. But it gets into a whole other topic of like, what does that mean for future projects? If you do that first project at break even, well, they're likely going to expect you to take every project on at break even. Mm-hmm. And that's a very harsh truth about working with people. So, um, I don't know. So, it, yeah. I, you look like you want to say something. You go ahead, Shelby. Your red flags, um, since we were on the topic of the list. How long and, um, well, how long did it take you to develop the red flags? And when did you realize that you should probably have some sort of, some sort of list or or something to go through when, when you're deciding to work with a client or take on a project? I think a couple of years ago is whenever I started actually documenting them. But I think, you know, five, six years ago was whenever I started realizing that there are some things I need to look out for. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm actually bringing up this list right now. Hold on a second, everybody. (laughs) Um, And it's just, you start to see patterns and you you can't see patterns until you start doing something. Mm -hmm. So weirdly enough, for anyone just starting out, I pretty much say yes. I think everyone should just say yes. Figure it out. Because there's going to be a different set of things for everybody. Again, I'm trying not to veer too much off on too many little exit ramps here. (laughs) But um, another thing that I would say is what what is a red flag for me might not be a red flag for somebody else. Mm -hmm. A lot of that comes down to personality. Honestly, one of the things that I have actually found is that I'm able to work good with people that might be a little bit higher maintenance we'll say so like i hear from one designer or animator and they're like don't work with these people like it's a nightmare like they just need a lot of hand holding like to me i'm like okay well that doesn't really scare me as much it might be a red flag on my end but it doesn't scare me as much as that because i'm like i believe that i have a strength in communicating with people well, and they may just need to establish a different kind of connection with them. It might just be a different right. relationship. Um, mm-hmm. And it might get to a point where there's not so much hand-holding. It's just how you're explaining things needs, right. to, needs to change. Absolutely. So, and and I've, I've found that we have actually been able to work well in some of those situations. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. So I think part of it is understanding what your strengths and weaknesses are. Yeah. And that's kind of what helps determine your own personal red flags. So that's why I say, like, I feel like you just say yes to everything at first. If you take on a project that just didn't pay enough, great. Do one. Learn your lesson. Mm -hmm. There's a red flag. Wasn't enough money. Uh, Wasn't worth the effort that needed to be put into it. Um, I I don't know. So that's why I I have my list of red flags here. I'm not going to go through... All of them. There's six, 16, 16 red flags that I have. I probably need to add a few more to that. Um, but it's things like, and again, I'm not going to go through all these, but I would say if a project is under a certain dollar amount uh, as a first-time client. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yes, we have a certain dollar amount set for that. That's It changes quite a bit, and it changes based on our demand at any given point. Mm-hmm. So... There's times where people are like, oh, wow, that is outrageously high. I'm like, yeah, but we have other people paying it right now. And I just, I get what you're saying. Like, but I, 
apparently we're in demand enough, so I don't really need to worry about that. Well, especially if you don't have a um, an established relationship with that person, you don't right. know how they're going to work. I mean, if mm-hmm. you if you go lower, you know, by however many dollars, you're mm-hmm. you're running a big risk because you right. don't know how many you know are, are there going to be more times for review? Are are things going to be stalled? Will there be delays? You know, is there going to be something that randomly comes up that you can't, you you wouldn't know from not having an established relationship? Exactly. So, and that's, that's the other thing is that like, there are some red flags that you don't know until after you say yes. Yep. Now we're, we are a dummy is if we take on that client again and we already knew all the red flags that were there. Yeah. So honestly, we have plenty of times where if not plenty, like there, there are some times where we work with a client just one time and we're like, okay we learn some new red flags about this person and we know not to work with them again because it's just not a good fit in some way, shape, or form. Things that we couldn't possibly have known uh, before working with somebody. Exactly. So that's that's kind of the other tricky part is it's it's not always so easy to know when to say yes or when to say no. Sometimes you just say yes and then you learn for the future why or when to say no. So... The other thing is, again, that first project that you do with somebody, that's going to establish your sort of financial expectations moving Mm -hmm. forward. There will never, ever be a time where somebody says like, okay, yeah, just can you do it for this amount this time and that's it? Like this first time and then you can charge your normal rates later. It will never, ever happen. Um, So you want your first project with somebody to be honestly, on the higher side of things. Because if that, you know, next time a project comes in, they're like, okay, hey, listen, like this one, it just has a little bit of lower budget. It's like, great. You've already established a baseline here. So you can, I believe you can take on something a little bit lower and then still come back from it to the third project, right? But what you can't do is go, it's just, you can, it's just a lot harder to go up and up and up and up every single time that you work with somebody. Because at a certain point, there's going to be, again, those expectations are broken. The stress shows up. The relationship is gone. Well, you also want to establish your own value as well. Because if if you're starting a project with someone and they say, well, you know, in the future, it's going to be higher. It's like, well, you've already decreased your value in their eyes too. And you right. want to work with people who, who understand, you know, what you're bringing, what you're offering, the fact that you are valuable as a, as a creative, as a business. You don't want to work with people who don't value your talents. Right. Absolutely. And it gets, it gets tricky in there because I, it's, it, I don't want to say this. You don't really get to assign your own financial value to the market necessarily. You can try. You can certainly, you know, you can go out there and say, it's a million dollars to work with me. <clears throat> you can do those things. Um, but you're not probably going to get very many people. So, and again, I don't want to, It's it, this is not the same thing as understanding your value, right? It, it, not necessarily the same thing. Understanding your market value and understanding kind of your value yeah, specifically. I, I feel like those are those Very are two different, different things. Yep. Um, but like I, I think about all the time where I'm like, okay, would I spend this much to have a video made? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> but I just, so sometimes I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like there are people out there that see a lot more value from something than mm-hmm. what you do. And I hope that doesn't sound too bad, but it's like, I also don't have the budget or the need like they do, right? Like uh, like certain clients that we work with anyway, right? So it's like, okay, well, if this this thing for me, for no reason, has less value than the same thing, but for a, a company of some kind mm-hmm. of some size, right? Yeah. So that's where it gets interesting uh, to me. So I'm like, I don't, I don't assign the financial value. I, the market does. Mm-hmm. Um, but the more demand that I can create, the higher that value, that market value becomes. Mm-hmm. That's that's the only thing that I really look at, you know. But so there's times where I'm like, okay, like if we're saying yes too much, well, then I need to increase. Clearly, our financial value in the market has increased 
because our demand has increased. Yep. So, boom, the same thing that was, you know, we'll say we'll say five thousand dollars six months ago is now eight thousand um, dollars. And is it different? No, it's the same thing that you did before. But you, since your demand is higher, you're now able to charge more. Yep. So it's simple supply and demand, right? I, I could probably talk about that all day long, but so <clears throat> I guess that's, that's the other thing though. So it's like, okay, well, you know, there are going to be clients that you have that are like, well, wait a minute. Like we just, we paid $5,000 for this like six months ago and now you're charging eight. Yeah. Uh, our demand has increased. Um, now there are times where your demand might start to fall. So, again, that's where some of these red flags might be a little bit more forgivable. Mm-hmm. Because you're like, okay, well, no, they don't, ha- they don't meet the, the financial restraint or financial requirements that we have on this project. But we haven't done anything in a couple of months. Maybe, maybe our market va- or what we thought our market value was was too high. Yeah. And maybe that needs to come down. So, you know, this isn't like going into a store and buying toothpaste and you always expect it to be about the same price minus all the inflation stuff over the last year anyway. (laughs) Um, It's, it's a, it's a variable price that is constantly changing much like the stock market. Right. So again, I could probably go on for that for a while, but so from a financial perspective, you kind of have to keep all that stuff in mind. And, you know, if you set your, financial requirements for a client too high, then you don't work at all. <laughs> so it, it is a balance, right? But there are some times where people come to you with insultingly low numbers. And it's it's a struggle to just not flip out on the people immediately. But at the same time, you need to understand where they're coming from. And maybe they just don't have the education to understand or to grasp all these different things. So sometimes it's like, oh, sorry, you know, we're not going to be able to work together. But for the future, like when you are looking for somebody like this, you're probably looking in in this range. So if you are in this range, like what I try to do is I'll I'll be like, all right, I'm trying to like, I'll push them to Fiverr if I have to. Like if they're like, again, if they're that low, I'm like, you want to check out Fiverr. That is for you. Um, Anyway, that gets into a different conversation altogether. Anyway, so more more red flags that I have here. Um, I think the first one was relatively obvious. The second one I think is relatively obvious too. And that is unrealistic timeline is being requested. Now, sometimes the first red flag can cure the second one where, okay, like, yes, they're asking for a ridiculously quick turnaround here, but they have a budget here. (laughs) And... Like, yes, it's going to require some extra hours, or maybe we have to get an extra person on this project, but do we have the budget for it? Um, if the budget's there, then maybe I can overlook this this one of the unrealistic timeline. But if both of one and two here are a red flag, that's an automatic no. I can't. We, we, I mean, we can't take on a low-budget project and have it done, re- like, really quick. Um... Let's see. I'm going to skip a couple here. So the client seems like they may be difficult to work with. Um, maybe an aggressive personality or unrealistic, unrealistic expectations. So sometimes people will say, will give us a, a reference of, you know, a, a Hollywood movie that had a billion dollar budget. Um, so if if we start seeing things like that, then it's like that's cause for concern. Like, okay, they're they're showing us reference of very very expensive things. Um, yeah, it's like going into a car dealership and showing the salesman a picture on your phone of a Mercedes, um, and then they're like, "Great, so what do you want your payments to be?" And they're like, "Yeah, like maybe like." a hundred bucks a month. (laughs) Uh, And that's kind of how it goes where it's like, well, it's not gonna, it's not gonna happen. It's not going to add up. Um, 
And then, you know, that salesman will then be like, well, we don't have that, but check out this thing. And then they're like, what? No, that's not a Mercedes. And then they start to get mad about it. Um, we get those sometimes. And it's like, well, we want to understand what those expectations are as early as possible. Do we personally feel like we can match those expectations, match or exceed those expectations? Um more often than not, I want to exceed expectations, right? That's how you make happy clients. So, you know, whenever whenever a client sends over a reference example, you're like, wow, that's not great. <laughs> like, we can definitely do better than that. Like, I don't tell them that. I don't say, like, this is horrible. I say, yeah, I think we can do something like that or maybe even a little bit better. Because um, on my end, I want to set those expectations as well. But again, so that is a red flag if they come to you and say anything along those lines or again just have those unrealistic expe- unrealistic expectations um, let's see here so client is unwilling to work by our contract terms um, now again I'm not going to say uh, some people out there would say like that's an automatic no you just like if they don't want to work your way that's no to me that's just not being flexible and I think that good partnerships require compromise. Yeah. And um, if you can't compromise, then like maybe you're not a good partner for them. Maybe that's a red flag for them, you know? So, but like, again, it's, it can be a red flag, but it's one that can be overlooked. That honestly, that brings up a really interesting conversation of your own red flags as well. What are your red flags as a creator or as a company? Um, Because not being willing to compromise or, you know, Maybe they're a difficult client in the way of communication. Being able to kind of be flexible with those things. That's a green flag. That's great. And I mean, being able to like be aware of your own red flags will also help you be a better creator. That's a a really great point. That's a really great point. Um, Yeah. So there, there are people out there that are just unwilling to compromise. And it's like, no, it has to be my terms or absolutely nothing. Now, there are certain terms in the contract that I'm less willing to compromise on. Um, But again, and that's why I say, like, almost everybody has something to say about our contract terms. Mm -hmm. Um, If they don't, honestly, I'm like, did they? Did they read this? (laughs) Um, But, like, it's that's what it's supposed to be. It's like, it's an agreement. Like, here, in our ideal world, you say yes to all of these things. Um, but they inevitably come back and say like, oh, you know what? We're not going to be able to, you know, you know, maybe we, we, we can't do a 50% deposit up front. And it's like, okay, well, if you can't do that, then maybe we split this up into three portions, like, and then seeing what they say to that. And, Mm -hmm. um, there's just little things that you can do to compromise on, on things like that. Um, Let's see. Another big one here would be no boundaries as far as communications go. Communication goes. So if you're getting random phone calls late at night, um, just a series of a thousand emails in a day. Um, if they I would, can't I would add personal messages in this too. Right. You know, right. If outside of like your work email. Right. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and it, it it's not something that happens often with, I want to say, higher budget clients. Usually mm-hmm. they're, they get it, like they're working and they don't want to send anything outside of their normal working hours yeah. and they have a preference of how they communicate. Um, you know, a, a green flag is an email that comes from a business address, mm-hmm. a business email address. When you start seeing Gmail or Yahoo or AOL or whatever, you, you got to, I mean, that's... It's kind of a red flag right there. Yeah. Um, in our world, anyway, uh, <laughs> of, of working with brands. Um, let's see. Um, you know, people that go out of scope on a, a project and don't... People that don't understand, like, what the scope is of the project whenever it was specifically sent over and they're like, oh, okay, let's keep doing revisions on this. Or, like, oh, you know what? I want to have this for social media too so let's do a cut down of this and it's like a lot of little changes can 
this is kind of one of the things where you don't see the red flag until after you start working with them. But mm-hmm. um, let's see. Um, so here, here's one. Uh, people that ask for concept or work to be done before a paid arrangement is in place. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> this is one that I've always said no to. Now, there might be times where I put together like some reference or find a reference example or something like that. I'll do that. But whenever someone's asking for like a pitch of any sort, I have always said no. But there are companies out there. You can call them more successful than made by things that will just do pitches all day long. And it works for them. And I'm happy for them but i to me and this again this is a personality thing but i'm like i feel like that's taking advantage of people and i don't want a relationship where people are taking advantage of me and the team that we have it's very easy to just go out there and get free ideas right and especially when people do it whenever whenever people will offer it yeah um to me, that is all right, this is another conversation here. That is way more damaging to our industry than AI is. Agreed, completely agreed. Because I mean, that and, that is those are actual artists giving away the work for right, free. Right, yeah. and everyone just does it, and it creates those expectations from other people. Mm-hmm. And then you know, whenever we get that request, people are like, "Well, this is how we've always done things." I'm like, I understand. Like, I really wish you luck, but I we, I can't bring myself to to doing that. That's a good tweet. I'm going to tweet that later. Do it. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I'll make a bumper sticker for it. You guys are going to see Matt's LinkedIn later. Yep. <laughs> I'll, I might. That's a good one. Uh, anyway. Uh, let's see. So, again, another one of those things that's like, it's a red flag, but it's somewhat forgivable, mm-hmm. is they're unable or unwilling to let us show the work on our portfolio. Mm. Yeah. Um. I would say 25% of the stuff we do, we're not able to share on our portfolio for one reason or another. Um, yes, it's always uh, it's always a thing that we have that conversation about early on. But to me, I'm like, okay, well, part of the value that we get from working with people is to be able to show it on our portfolio. Mm-hmm. Like, it's content for us. It is a type of advertising for us to be able to show the work that we've done. So we kind of lose, we get less opportunity when someone says that we can't show it. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, I, I get it. That is a red flag. That by itself, I would never say no to. But if that's combined with, and the budget's low, and they got an unrealistic timeline. Yep. Like, it's definitely just like out, uh, out of the question at that point. Um. Let's see. Talks bad about another designer or team that they've previously worked with. Um, this is another tricky one where I've seen this go two ways. Yep. Uh, like sometimes it happens and we go through the project and it was perfect. Mm-hmm. And I realized at that point, okay, that other team or person, they were unorganized and mismanaging the project. For sure. Um, but there are times where I'm like, hmm... Okay, and then all of a sudden it turns into like, I, I don't know, just it turns into a mess, basically. Well, you don't want to be that person where they go to the next right. person and they're talking about you. Right. You don't want to be, but sometimes it just happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but it, when someone speaks of somebody like that and is unwilling to see what they've done wrong, mm-hmm. I, I guess just very, very rarely in life is there a problem that two parties or more didn't create together? Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, you have things like, I mean, Hitler, he created all of that mess himself, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but in, in a lot of other disagreements in life and problems, it it took two parties to to do that. Right? But I mean, even in like using like a very extreme case of Hitler, there's a lot of enablers, you know, right. It's never just one person causing an issue. There's always a it's larger, true. a larger group. That's true. 
And I think that for someone to, I don't want to compare Hitler to no, 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 but I mean, but, but I mean like in an extreme case. Yeah. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Very extreme. Uh, period. Next sentence, paragraph. Um, <laughs> so when, when clients um, start saying bad things about people mm-hmm. and they're unwilling to see what they did wrong in a process, that's scary because it's like, well, were they perfect? How did they mess up? Do they not have any humility at all? Mm-hmm. Are they not willing to grow in any way? Yeah, that's that's always, I think, for me, a big red flag just in life in general is um, an unwillingness to learn. Right. So, sorry, I took a drink there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know, just whenever you hear that stuff, it's like, oh, it kind of gets you thinking that, like, maybe this isn't the best person to work with, but... Mm-hmm. I always let them go. I'll, they want to complain about somebody. I'm like, tell me more. I know. I'm, I'm always like, very willing to listen, but. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, just, I'm just always curious. I'm like, how far will they go? And telling us how bad this last person was. And like, the more they talk about it, I'm like, the less willing I am to want to work with them. But I'm like, that's good information. Keep going. Yep, I'll take it. Um, let's see. Um. Let's see if there's something else here. Uh, so trying to force a process that may not be conducive to great creative work done do- during normal working hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> this this is another one. This is something that we hear from time to time of like, well, last time I worked with somebody, we did it like this. I'm like, I understand. But like everything that we have done to our process you know, we, we're changing it constantly to make it work the best, to create the best work that we've ever done. Yep. So it's like, yeah, there there is a standard process that others might go by. And yes, we are a little bit different than everybody else. I understand that. But I need a client to trust that we've changed things from normal for a reason. Yep. And um, I don't always have the best reason for why. But what I can say is like, okay, yeah, well, our work got better when we changed things. So we just let it be changed because you get better stuff in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that's that's another one of those things where sometimes it's like we can overlook that. If somebody's like, hey, you know, well, we have uh, a couple people on our team that we really want to get involved in like the design or writing or sound or editing process. Eh, very rarely would we do editing process for yeah. somebody else. But um, it's like, okay, well, let's figure out how we can work best together. Mm-hmm. Um, but if somebody's like, yeah, we just need you to like do this one illustration here. And it's like, well, you're just asking for one tiny piece of our overall process and we're not the best people to work with if that's the case. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so th- there's a bunch of these items. Again, I'm not going to go into the more personal ones to me but there are lists that i have that i don't know i just just things that i look for and um things that i have our team look for because if we start seeing a lot of these things popping up it's like all right this is something that we we just shouldn't do so getting back to i know this wasn't really planned (laughs) part of our conversation but getting back to that initial question of like when do you say no or how do you say no Mm -hmm. To certain things, I think it's based on a predefined set of rules that you have for yourself. Um, like Shelby said, I think it's it's having green flags, and like I had here, I think it's having a set of red flags mm-hmm. to help you make decisions. Because again, w- when you have a scarcity mindset, like I often do myself. You will act on emotion. Yeah. And if you act on emotion, it's not always the best things to happen. So a a big part of what I do is try to remove emotion from all my decision making. And um, for the business anyway. Mm -hmm. When it comes to creative decisions, emotion actually helps a bit. Um, But when it comes to business, you have to try to find a way to remove emotion from it. So if you can try to figure out a set of rules that you can just refer to and 
again, uh, it's not that if somebody breaks one of the rules, they're just done. Uh, it's not something that you have to be so harsh with. It's something that you need to strongly consider whenever mm-hmm. an opportunity comes up. Um, yeah. Thoughts, Shelby? <laughs> no, yeah, I um, I think that's an interesting process. And honestly, I think one thing, especially with newer creators, with the ability to say, no, it's, it's, such, a, it's such a frightening idea. Because you never know when that next that next email right. that next thing is going to come through of somebody being interested, um, but saying no, the process of saying no. I think a big question is what do you say, you know, in that in that conversation? How do you say no, or in that email? What? How do you how do you say it? That's a great question. Because you never want to so, hurt a relationship. No. So what I do, and maybe this isn't the best practice, but it's, I found it working best for me mm-hmm. is that I almost never say no. I let the client say no. Mm. So I will flip it around and they'll, they'll have a thing where it's like, um, you know, if they say, if their budget's too low or something like that, mm-hmm. I'll be like, well, can you do this? And then if they say no, I'm like, oh, well, that's really too bad. Like, <laughs> so I'm, I'm rarely the one that says no. I, I will flip it back on the client every single time. I'll say, you know what, is there any chance that you might be able to add an extra month to this, mm-hmm. um, this timeline? If they say no, I'm really sorry. Um, I've, I've found that it actually doesn't, I don't think it burns any bridges. I think that like... There's there are times where I have to say no to people because they're a red flag at one point, but sometimes they become they start to reduce their red flags whenever they become mm-hmm. aware of what they are. Whenever I say that their budget isn't isn't in line, they're like, "Oh man, so maybe I've just been working on false assumptions, and I need to reevaluate and readjust what my expectations are going forward when it comes to things like timeline and budget." That's a green flag. That's that's great. Right. <laughs> that's right. right. Exactly. So if and it does, it does happen mm-hmm. um, at least a few times a year. I'll get somebody that I previously had to say no to that they're like, great. Um, we, ha- we have one project right now uh, that we're working on. Uh, Shelby's actually producer on this project. I'm trying to give clues without saying exactly what it is. I know what you're talking about. Uh, uh, and, okay, good. And it's f- from a company. Maybe you don't know it yet. We'll see. Oh. Um, it, it's a project that we've been working on for a while now uh for i mean maybe over a year at this point um with a, with a partner that we've been working with for over a year mm-hmm. yeah. and at first you know a few years ago i met with this person and it was oh wow like we can't do that at this this budget they were working in a different company then and then they went to another company and we had a conversation again of like, hey, I think we might be able to do something. And then it was again, just I can't get them to pull the trigger on this budget thing. So then they worked at a third company. And within the first month, they gave me a call. And it was like, okay, I'm pretty sure I have the budget that we need. And I have the team that I've been looking for. Like, I'm in a position now where, like, I've... I've you know found the ability to be able to do this, mm-hmm. and we did again. We've been working with this this partner for over a year now, and that was over the course of four years, mm-hmm. maybe. So it's like yeah, for three years, it was a red flag, <laughs> and then they became a green flag. They're one of the best partners we have yeah. right now. Um, so it's. It's things like that where, like, you can say no without being, you know, without burning bridges. But I think that you just, again, though, a big part of it was, like, whenever they understood what my red flags were, they met me instead of me, like, kind of meeting Mm -hmm. them where they are. It just, it took time, right? So, like, again, you can say yes to first-time clients at lower budgets, but... I'd still be stuck, you know, if I said yes to some of that initial budget stuff, 
maybe we'd still have that client today. But if we did, it would be for significantly less budget. And we'd be working harder to do worse work, basically. So, I don't know. So, I I think that's the the way to think of it is, like, you don't always need to say just no right off the bat. You, You just say, like, oh, you know what? Like, if we could do this, whatever. As far as the communication stuff goes, if you think that that's getting crazy... You know, you have that ability to try to correct that. Mm-hmm. You you have the ability to try to correct any of the red flags that you have. So, again, it's not just as simple as just like, nope, they're out. It's, okay, like, yeah, they are kind of hard to communicate with. But maybe if I send them a message or get them on the phone and try to explain to them, like, hey, listen, like, our best work is made whenever, like, we're not getting messages all throughout the night or phone calls or reaching out on social media. Well, like... Like you don't need to do any of that stuff. Like just keep all e- all conversation in email, and let's try to keep it between nine a.m. and five p.m. Yeah. Now, again, they're the ones that get to say no. If they're like that's unreasonable, then okay, yep, that mm-hmm. might be a deal breaker for you, and that's fine at that point. But they might be like, oh, I had no idea that I was a red flag <laughs> person doing red flag things. Yeah. Um, and they'll say, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to try to do better. So you can see how that goes. So I don't know. It's as long as you're clear with people about the things that you're willing to compromise on and things that you're maybe not as much, um, I think you'll be surprised with how clients that most people would say are bad clients are actually good clients that just didn't know. Um, and I think that brings into the conversation, you know, we've talked about this in the past. So there, There is no such thing as a bad client. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So it is this idea that there's, there is no bad client. Um, if, if a client was truly bad, then it's your responsibility to say no to them. Mm-hmm. So, and exactly, that's exactly where it takes us to. Um, yeah. Um, let's see here. I, yeah, I go to that podcast episode. I don't yeah. know what that was, but whatever. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I guess final thoughts. Uh, Shelby, you go first. All right. Um, a go check out the uh the podcast episode on "There's No Bad Clients." If you're if you're interested in this, if you made it this yeah. far. Um, what is it? I think it's something like it's called like uh, is there such thing as a bad client or yeah, something like that? I don't know. I'll, I'll I'll add it to the description of of this nice. one. You can go find it. Um, Perfect. But no, I think uh, being able to understand your own boundaries in work and in life um, is 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 great, and it suggests good personal growth. Um, and obviously, those boundaries are always going to be shifting, no matter what. Um, because as long as you're somebody who wants to grow and you have the green flag of growth, you're always going to be shifting and changing and your red flags are going to shift and change. And sometimes your red flags may become green flags as you, you know, develop your, your business and you grow as a company and you have more space and more time to be able to take different things on. Um, and it's, the business is a living, breathing organism, you know, there's gonna be ups and downs and being able to understand those red flags and adjust accordingly um, is great and it, it will serve you well. But I, I think going back to the beginning of the conversation, it's maybe in the beginning you're saying yes to a lot of things, but as you grow, you're going to learn that maybe now I can step back and start saying no and be able to set those boundaries. Right. That's a great point. I think what I would add to that is don't feel bad if you miss a red flag Mm -hmm. because you're going to. Don't beat yourself up over it. Don't flip out on the client. Learn your lesson and move on. Mm -hmm. Write it down. I I don't know. I mean, you can you have (laughs) you can feel bad if you keep making the same mistake over and over and over again. But. When you make a mistake once or twice, um, don't. It's nothing to feel bad about. It's mm-hmm. something to learn from. So, I don't know. Just keep in mind what those things are. Again, when you write them down, what the rules are, 
it's it's almost like you're looking to somebody else for advice. Mm-hmm. But like you got to write these rules when you're not in the middle of a bad project necessarily. I mean, you can write those things down, but like to do it in a calm, emotional state (laughs) where you're like not in the middle of something crazy, like, because you're acting on emotion again when you start writing these rules. Mm -hmm. So, and again, feel free to do that, but I would make sure to go through and edit when you're like in the middle of working with a good project or in between projects or something. Um, but yeah, again, I would just say like you're you're gonna make mistakes. It's part of how this whole thing works. Um, and you know, one of the things we didn't talk about was like this kind of works for not just like freelance or creating a creative business necessarily. I think it kind of applies to all decisions in life, mm-hmm. where you are going to be faced with a ton of decisions. Most, I mean, not several a day, but. Um, to have some sort of set of rules or guidelines of some kind on why you would say yes or no to something, mm-hmm. I think is incredibly helpful. There there are times where people have come to me with an opportunity of some kind. I'm like, no. Like, my initial response is like, no. And then it's like, well, why am I saying no to this thing? Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes after going through that a little bit, I realize I'm like, I can't figure out a reason why to say no to this. So like, I mean, I call it the gut feeling. Sometimes you can just trust your gut feeling. There's no problems with that too. Um, But for me, I like to, again, very mathematical about the decisions that I make. So I'm like, okay, if everything adds up to yes, that being a good idea, why not? Um, Let's try that thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, whether that's a new business idea, uh, a thing like... um, I I had a couple of people reaching out about um, kind of being mentored in some way, whether it was like, hey, I want to pick your brain or whatever. That was on Monday, I think. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to see if anyone's interested in having a little, we could start a little community kind of thing here. Mm-hmm. But like, it's it's tough for me to meet with every single person individually that reaches out. Like, I, I wish I could, but I just don't have the time to do that. So I'm like, you know what? So on Monday... On Sunday, I didn't have any inkling of an idea. But I went through my messages. I started seeing this stuff on Monday. So it was either Monday or Tuesday. I asked the question of people on LinkedIn of like, hey, would anyone be interested in something like this? And I got a lot of good responses. So on by Thursday, I already put up a page for people to purchase a club membership for eight-week program for mentorship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was a series of, of, of decisions where I'm like, oh, that's interesting. But like, no, I don't have the time for that. I'm like, well, how could I have the time for that? And it's like, well, if we did something like that, maybe. And then, you know, then it's like, well, I don't need to do this. And it's like, yeah, I don't need to, but this would make me happy. So why not do this? Yeah. Um, And you're a teacher. It makes you happy. Right. So for me, I'm like, I, I don't. I don't care if something like that fails. I, I just don't like it. Can fail. I don't. I, I under, I'll understand. Um, like I don't need to force it to work or anything like that. My life isn't depending on this thing. <laughs> but it's something that would be fun to try. Why not? So again, I go from three to four days from idea to actually executing this thing and putting it out into the world, mm-hmm. and it starting to develop. Right. Um, but that that's that's a result of that thought process of like just understanding when to say yes and when to say no. And I just couldn't find many reasons to say no to that. So it just found its way into the world. Honestly, (laughs) I just sort of threw me, it just sort of created itself. Um, but I just, I don't know. I think that's, it's just a good way to think about things. It, it, honestly, I know it's really long final thoughts here, but it reminds me of the movie Yes Man. Have you seen yes, this? Yes, yes, man. Um, yes, yes, man. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, it's not supposed to be this like life changing movie, but honestly, kind of was for me a little bit. Where it's like, oh, that's an interesting idea. If you do say yes to just everything, um, that's a horrible idea. You know, somebody walks up to you and asks you for money, and you say yes, and <laughs> there you go. Um, but. It's, I just think it's a really 
good, optimistic way of life to just default to yes. Unless you have some real reasons to say no to something, yeah. it's a yes. Um, yeah, anyway, that's that's my final thoughts. All right. Uh, it's uh, a new year, and uh, we're looking to start getting back into podcast making. Um, we don't have any specific goals here, but we do have a lot of... Uh, questions that i think we are still rolling through we have a lot of guests that we want to get on the show mm-hmm. but what i would say is if you have any questions that you'd like us to talk through um let us know you know we are how many episodes did we do last year like 30 something, yeah, something total? Like that. i don't know um, we've talked about a lot of different things but there are a lot of things that i'd love to you know for the two of us to dive a lot deeper into if mm-hmm. it's of value use to you um, so let us know and uh, in the meantime I love you bye The Comanzi Show is created by Made by Things and if you have a question you would like us to discuss you can send a message at cmdc.show and if you like what you hear leave a review we'll see you next week with a brand new show